my pleasure to welcome Clint Gefford to the show. He's the president of VGM and Associates, an all-around nice guy. Clint, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate the, appreciate the introduction. So, Clint, we're here to talk a little bit about the latest playbook that VGM and Associates has put out. And before we get into that, just in case we have some listeners who haven't been taking advantage of this resource so far, can you tell me a little bit about the history of the playbooks and why you've decided to offer them? Yeah, I'm happy to do so. Um, You know, the playbook we introduced in 2018, the idea behind the playbook was a source for both providers, manufacturers that highlight and address issues and trends that are occurring in HME. Um, there's a lot of change that's occurring in the industry currently. And, you know, if I, if I even take a step further back, the playbook or the idea behind it was to provide a roadmap. You know, I grew up playing sports. I coached sports for my kids. And if you look, and I'll pick football just as an example, there are playbooks that serve as a guideline for the team. NFL is known for having a very detailed playbook. And with that, you kind of take this, accumulate these ideas, these thoughts, and it's like, what can we offer from VGM to provide that guide and that roadmap, that playbook? We get questions every day from our members and vendors. Uh, We are very fortunate to have a lot of experts on staff that are able to address these issues. And there's realization, if one or two people are asking the question, there's probably a broader audience that has a similar need or question. And how can we provide a solution um, to a broader audience? Hence the playbook was born. Okay. So I noticed when I took a look at uh, this quarter one playbook that your theme that you've chosen seems to be that our members need to get out of their comfort zones a little bit. The the magic is happening outside of, (laughs) you know, that warm blanket that they've got wrapped around them that they're comfortable with. So what was it, uh, what kind of trends are you seeing or what made you decide to bring that message specifically uh, here in, in March of 2019? You know, I think we all need to challenge ourselves to think differently, to think bigger. Uh, Again, as I just alluded to, the industry continues to change. And how do you remain relevant? You've got an aging population that, frankly, the baby boomer population has been very demanding through their whole lifespan. Uh, From technologies to automotive, you can pick on it. Well, that that group of patients that's entering entering the age of care that we provide, they're a demanding group. Sure. Again, the market's evolved, so... I think, you know, like my own team, I'm, cha- I'm challenging them to think differently. What can we do to reinvent um, ourselves to remain, I guess, relevant in a sense that people look to us to be experts? I think our members need to look at their business the same, the same way. We're in the age of Amazon. We're in the age of Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, uh, a lot of advertising, Facebook. You know, there's a lot of means for communication to go that are hitting the population. So I just think we have to take a look at those trends as an industry and challenge ourselves. How do we evolve? How do we change? How do we remain relevant and in a dynamic environment? Okay. Well, one of the, one of the interesting topics that I noticed in uh, the playbook was there's an article there about the importance of customer experience. I feel like this is something that a lot of listeners might hear that word. It seems obvious on the face of it, I think, right. that, look, obviously, my customer <laughs> service has to be good. I want people to feel good about coming here they're, or, you know, they're not going to. Right. So what are the, some of the issues that you see there that our members and our listeners might have some opportunities to think about and reinvent the way they're doing things in 2019? You know, while it seems so simple, even the biggest companies can fall behind on maximizing organic growth opportunities. You know, there's an old adage out there um, that it's a lot less expensive to get business from an existing customer than it is to go out and get a new customer. 
So at times, I believe we need to, you know, just refocus on what you already have. You know, there's always excitement in going out and grabbing new, getting new patients, getting new referrals. But taking a look at what you already have and mining it, there's some, some numbers out there that say acquiring a new customer is five times as expensive as retaining an existing customer. 44% of companies admit that they have a greater focus on acquisition, while 18% focus on retention. 89% of businesses see customer experience as a key factor in driving customer loyalty and retention. So to me, the success rate of selling to a customer you already have is much greater. We all have needs. You know, if we've been diagnosed with an ailment, we provide a service, but there's going to be continued needs of that individual. So how do you identify and have that particular person think and look to your business versus go elsewhere? So one of the uh, one of the important topics that also gets addressed in the playbook, Clint, that I think comes into play here is the importance of data uh, when it comes to making decisions and, and growing your revenue for your business. Can you touch a little bit on uh, what opportunities our, our listeners might be poised to take advantage of with regard to using the data that they already have, that they're already collecting on their patients uh, in order to improve customer experience and thereby maybe grow their, their revenue a little bit. Yeah, sure, Brian. You know, data, we're in the era, the era of data. It doesn't matter if, you know, Amazon is using data to market to you more specifically. And I guess if you roll that into our industry, more and more data is being collected and it's also being accessible. So what do I mean by that? There's data out there that allows you to be very specific, almost surgical in your approach to referrals or to equipment. And, uh, you know, there was a, there was a time we ran a uh, an ad and it was like, you know, fish where the fish are biting. Sounds a little corny if you think of it, but why do you buy a fish finder if you're a, a fisherman? You buy a fish finder so you know where the fish are and you go fish. <laughs> I can relate kind to that. A, My dad spent a lot of money on that kind of gadgetry <laughs> while I was growing up. So it kind of applies to data. You know, if you're in a, a certain segment, why wouldn't you call in the referrals or know where who the competitors are that are getting the, the business that you want? So that data exists. It's out there. We are very fortunate to have access to that data that we can repurpose and and, and sell, to, sell to our members and vendors alike. Sure. There's a, there's a reason, I think, that so many people are keen to get a hold of this. I just had a, a conversation with our CIO the other day where he was talking about how medical data, patient data, the, the, the things that um, people are consuming as far as their medical needs is, right. is some of the most sought after and some of the most valuable stuff in the whole world right now. This is what <laughs> this is what the bad guys want to get a hold of. And so right. it makes a whole lot of sense that it can a- actually be valuable to the people who hold it legitimately um, and that they can, they can leverage that and monetize it. And there's some good, you know, I'm, I'm hitting some highlights here, but, you know, really, if you download the playbook, there's a lot more specifics. You know, the areas that we're touching on here, we have resident experts, you know, Ryan Ball, when it comes to the data, you know, the consumer experience, Lindy wrote an article there. They can get in a lot more depth. The, obviously than I can here. So Sure, and we will definitely link that in the show notes <laughs> and make it available to them, Clint. Let's, let's talk also a little bit about what kind of trends are we seeing. So there's an article in the playbook about kind of the online experience and how it ties into providing that customer experience or how does that, how does that tie into this? What are people looking for with regard to technological innovation and the way they access their care and the products that they need in order to be compliant with it? In a way, it ties in nicely, I guess, following up on the data. It's not only uh, manufacturers or business owners that are out seeking data. We also have an active patient population out there that's also using technology to 
to seek cures for ailments or to see what opportunities or other equipment that may be out there to treat them. Sure. So if you look at the online opportunities, we're living again in a world of Amazon, and Amazon, you know, people seem to be frightened of them. I don't necessarily see it that way. They are going to change the model in a sense, but it's about the consumer experience. That's what someone, um, you know, really the online experience misses is a personal experience for the patient. Online activity points to an anxiousness that patients are trying to identify a need and find a cure. And I do believe, you know, our members, our HME providers, if they have a continuous, uh, I call it a drip campaign, some way to stay in touch with their patients, the patients will think about them when they have that need instead of looking elsewhere. They may go online and research. Again, we live in a, an era of the internet where it's really easy to sit on your phone, search something real quick. But it, there also is a need for personal experience. I do believe people crave that and look for that. And that is the one thing that, that we can provide in our, in our, in our space. I remember you uh, speaking at a meeting recently, Clint, and, and mentioning that the phone is still kind of the most valuable tool in somebody's yes. arsenal when it comes to providing <laughs> this experience. I know that a lot of people tout Amazon's customer experience because, you know, when I log in there, oh, their, their algorithm seems to know me so well. Right. It recommends products based on what I buy. and it, I'm a little this... old school to your point. I agree with you 100%. I think we get all excited about email and text and blogs and... To me, pick up the phone and call someone. Right. It's Make so, it so personal. More. Connect with them. <laughs> it seems so simple. I can't recall <laughs> I've ever gotten warm and fuzzy from looking at the front page of Amazon and being like, oh, exactly. they know that I need to buy dish soap again. They know me so it's well. It's absolutely correct. You know, to me, that's a monologue, not a dialogue. Have a dialogue. Have a conversation with someone. You can learn so much more about them. And it just it means so much to, to an individual. I have a conversation. The way sure. I think we're all wired. And, you know, people are people are holding their phones anyway. I mean, that's what they're using to, to access Amazon primarily. We were just talking before the show about how I think a lot of people think of these technological innovations in terms of like, oh, you know, it's, it's a young person's game. It's the right. millennials that are looking to do their online shopping and want these quick solutions. But the boomers are getting pretty smart when it comes to obtaining the products they need. And I, but I think they also crave... And I, I think anybody does, to your point, you know, even if even if you're younger, if, you know, if you get a phone call or an actual email message that was crafted by a human being right. as opposed to just off a template, that means something. Right. And I know we're all busy and I know there's conveniences of text and yes, in a fun way I'm knocking them, but I do think there's also just a, a need for good old fashioned conversation. Sure. Clint, I don't want to get too far in the weeds on this one. We've done a podcast with Mark Higley. People are kind of well aware that there are changes coming, but I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't mention payer relations content. There's a reason why I think you guys put this in the front of the playbook. It's probably one of the main reasons why people are going to seek it out. So we don't need to go too deep here. We've got plenty of resources that we can. That's why link I have good experts. I hope you're not looking for a whole lot of depth from me. That's why we have the Mark Higley's and Craig Douglas's of the world. And we're, we're happy to put people in touch with them if they have questions. Absolutely. But can you just provide a very, a very, uh, broad and top-level overview, Quint, of some of the trends and changes that you see coming with regard to payer relations and some of the things that CMS is doing that we felt the need to include in the playbook this time around? Yeah, you know, over the last few years, the payer reimbursement landscape has been crazy. I mean, you know, with the competitive bidding, we were bidding every other year, and people weren't exactly sure where the reimbursement rates were going to fall. However, starting January 1st of this year, um, CMS suspended competitive bidding for two years. 
So it's given a landscape or it's given an environment that at least we know what we're going to be reimbursed or what we're going to be paid now. Now, mind you, I'm looking at Medicare. You have private pay. You know, they do seem to correlate with the Medicare reimbursement rates. But how, but for the moment, it seems that the waters have calmed. <laughs> if that's even the right term. And I know those listeners here, are you kidding me? But the calm before least, the storm. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it's probably better said the calm before the before the storm. Because um, we do anticipate coming, I guess, two years would be, what, 2021, that we're likely to be bidding again. With that, the rates have been reset. We don't have to look at the rates where they are today to start our bidding. They've gone back up. So we're starting with a with a higher reimbursement there. Um, and again, I don't want to get too much in the weeds. Uh, you know, I know Mark and, and again, I'll pick on Craig. They can give a lot more specifics there. But reimbursement is very important. It's what drives our margin, drives our business, allows us to take care of patients, which all of us do desire to do. Another area of concern continues to be the rural and non-contiguous areas. It's really the way they're defined. There's been some concern if there's going to be providers that will provide care in the rural areas. An area that we can relate to here in Iowa is Dyersville, home of Field of Dreams. Mm -hmm. That is not considered rural. And if you've ever been out to the Field of Dreams, you're surrounded by corn. Yeah, there's a whole lot of fields there. there. (laughs) So we continue to to address and have concerns with some of uh, what CMS has ruled out. And that's why it continues to be an important topic that we're fighting on uh, on, every, on our members and, frankly, our vendors' behalf for, for adequate reimbursement. We want to make sure our patients are getting the care that they need, but it's also the manufacturers that allow them to be innovative on the products that they're, and solutions that they're providing. Certainly. Are there any other highlights from the uh, reimbursement side that uh, you'd like to highlight for our listeners uh, that might encourage them to come to the playbook and learn a little bit more? On the payer side, you know, we continue to try to figure out if the payers are friend or foe. It continues to be turbulent. <laughs> um, and that is part of, if you look at the end of the playbook, we are trying to encourage, and I guess it's the way we also started, uh, to think differently, uh, to challenge yourself to look at the market a little differently. And one of those is to diversify your business. Look for revenue growth outside of the payer network. And I say payer, whether it be private, Medicare, Medicaid. And I think there's a couple of areas that we've been successful in identifying, and we have a number of people that are being quite successful in those business areas. Can one you of highlight those, a couple of those? Yeah, ones? one of those would be home mods. I think Jim Gretorax has done a great job in carving out, and we call them communities, teaching members and identifying opportunities to go in and modify homes. Ten years from now, there will be twice as many people over the age of 80. And people want to stay home. Yeah. I but, don't know anybody who wants to be institutionalized correct. when they get old. And, uh, you know, those of us, as we age, we find we're not as agile as we were when we were younger. So there's some simple things you can do to make a loved one or uh, an el- I'm going to call them an elderly person, someone that may, may have some needs, to make them more, to make it safe, give them a safe environment while they're at home. And I think uh, Jim's done a great job of identifying uh, some opportunities there and ways to modify a home for them to be safe. We're also, just something I'll hit, uh, highlight here, and he's been successful here in Iowa, Um, he's working tirelessly to influence the passage of a Senior Accessibility Act. And what that is, is people over the age of 60, if they do home mods, they may be able to get some tax credits back. Okay. So there's more specifics in the the playbook regarding that, but it's something we're pretty excited about, and we're starting to get get an audience that's willing to listen to it. Rightfully so. So are there are there any other areas of opportunity with regard to kind of the more cash side of things? Yeah, you know, we've been pushing uh, retail for a while. We've had some success in retail products. 
and again it goes back to some conversation we we're having earlier is if you as you have a, a disease state or if you have an ailment what are the products may go along with that you know we go through a fast food window they ask do you want fries with that do you want to supersize it it's taking that same mindset and applying it into uh, into uh, into an HME you know how if someone's in looking for something what can you do to sell them more products uh, women's health. Women's health is a big area. Uh, Nikki's done a great job with essentially women. You know, the core focus of that is custom breast prosthetics, but there's a lot of other needs that fall within fall within women's health care. And a lot of our AEW uh, members, they have a uh, a nice boutique look and products that are specific for women that they can go in and have a and they can have a discreet experience. So there's a couple of other areas, you know, where we continue to look at respiratory. We continue to look at wound care. I think there's some great opportunities that are occurring in wound care. And a lot of that, unfortunately or fortunately, is due to an obese population increase in diabetes. So there's some opportunities that are evolving there just because of the demographics of the population. So the playbook gets in a lot more specifics that I'm highlighting here. Uh, we have our, our experts uh, named and contributed the information. So please feel free to read it, but not only that, reach out to them and ask some questions. All right, Clint, we're about to the end of our time here. But if, uh, if our listeners are hearing us talk about this and thinking that they'd like to learn more, where can they access this playbook, sir? They can go two places. Go to vgm.com and you will see a link to the playbook or you can go to playbook.vgm.com. Um, really for anyone that has an interest in identifying opportunities or helpful hints in, in the HMB space. Clint, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate your taking the time. No, thank you, Brian. And thank you to all of those of you that are out there listening.